Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of the Nerd Cave Retro is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Greetings, programs, and welcome back to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. So, Derek, how was your week, my friend? Uh, it's been busy. Uh, we've got, um, I, I kind of touched on this last week, but Wednesday is the first, uh, begins the first homestand for the Blue Wahoos, which mm. is the minor league baseball team that I work at, so... Been trying to enjoy my last weekend of freedom. Uh, had a had a nice chill weekend, which has been good. So, um, other than that, relatively um, relatively uneventful. How about you? It was good. I uh, made a trip over to the local retro gaming store yesterday and picked up a copy of Ninja Gaiden Two, which was nice. a, a good pickup. I got it for like seven bucks, and it was really good. Uh, a really nice copy of it. So I'm quite happy with that. Um, other than that, um, we did a, uh, a full, um, almost done with, but me and my wife, we did like a 10 hour marathon of, uh, altered carbon on Netflix yesterday. So that was, uh, that's pretty much what I did yesterday. And how was it? It's great. Um, we're down to the last episode, I think, and, uh, one more episode to go and we'll be done. We're going to do that tomorrow night. That's, I've heard good things about it for the most part. So I I might have to, I might have to check out the first episode or two to see what I think of it. But like I said, most things that I've heard about have been, have been really good. Uh, Before we get into the news, I did have one question I wanted to ask you. Mm -hmm. Did you, when you were younger, did you ever like, have you ever watched wrestling before? I know you're a Roddy Piper fan. Oh, like, yeah. Did I, was you... a, I was a so, huge wrestling fan when I was a kid. So as we're doing the show, WrestleMania is going on right now. The show is seven hours long. What? The pr- They did a two-hour pre-show starting at 4 o'clock, and then the actual show itself started at 6 and goes until 11. Are you kidding me? Nope. <laughs> Dude, WrestleMania was like three hours when I was a kid, if that. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 been a long long day. I mean, it's I've been watching it since it started and I'm just like, holy crap. I mean, I've I've got it, you know, kind of going on in the background just, just kind of seeing what's going on, but man, it's it's a long show. Good lord, man. That's <laughs> like a full work day. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I could watch wrestling. I could watch a few hours of wrestling now, but I don't think I could do a full like seven hours worth. I mean, it's literally like you would go to work just to do one thing and then come home. Oof. Like it's 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 the length of a work day. Yeah, no shit. It, it's insane. <laughs> That's nuts. It's absolutely insane. I, I just wanted to throw that little little nugget of information in there. It's like <laughs> WWE, if you're watching, cut down on your time. Yeah, no your show kidding, does not man. need to be seven hours long. Jeez. <laughs> well, I heard that the uh, the the uh, the what do they call it the Hall of Fame ceremony was really long too the other night. Yeah, it was um, that they had an hour pre-show to that. And including that was five and a half hours. Wow. That's something they got to. I, I could rant about it all night, but they've got to cut down on the time. I mean, that's sure that's too long. It's <laughs> way too long. But you know what we need to do now? We need to move into the news because we got some news tonight that is hot off the presses. Uh, this is on Crunchyroll.com. Sega president teases a return to hardware game consoles. Uh, and a move that is sure to raise a few eyebrows, Sega Games Company Limited president and COO Kenji Matsu Matsubara stated in an interview with San Sankei Shimbun that the company was considering a return to the hardware home video game console market. Now this is uh, this is not set in stone. This is just kind of something he said. Uh, so there's no current plans for a re-release of uh, the Genesis or the Mega Drive, wh whichever you prefer to call it. Um, what do you think about it? Do you think that? Uh, well, they, I mean, they're bas basically doing this because of the success of the uh, the the you know the uh, Super Nintendo uh, Classic and the Nintendo Classic. I expect i've been expecting this for longer than this uh it, i'm surprised it's taken them this long to kind of acknowledge it but i mean it, it really just seems more like a, a no-brainer to me if that's what they're doing then i think they should absolutely do it because you, you go in like target or walmart and you see these off-brand yeah. genesis classic consoles but if sega were to actually do one then i would probably get it but I'm not going to lie, whenever I saw you post the the headline in the the Google Docs we have, I was like, wait, is Sega making like a brand new console? I'm just like, that that would be a terrible idea. But <laughs> if they wanted to if they wanted to dip their hand in the, the retro gaming market, you know, and do something like Nintendo did with the NES and the SNES. No, absolutely. I, yeah. I think that's absolutely a no brainer. And if people see that it's actually done by sega i think they're more likely to buy it oh yeah absolutely you know they talk about the ones in the article here that are made by at games and everybody's seen these i mean these are the ones you see you know at your local drugstore especially around like christmas at like the cvs and the rite aid and stuff like that um it's basically just an emulator and most of them aren't very good um but i think if if, if sega does one that's actually sega branded 
could be a big step in the Sega kind of making some headway into possibly, you know, coming back a little bit in the in the retro or just the gaming market. Uh, and in my opinion, no, I I totally agree. You know, you you can fit if you could fit like thirty games on this thing, and they called it. You know, it doesn't have to be called this, but if it's like Sega Genesis Classic or Sega Genesis Rewind or something like that. And it's got the giant Sega logo on it, and it says "licensed by." Mm-hmm. People will, if you build it, they will come. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, cool story uh, coming from NintendoLife.com. Nintendo's SNES era troubleshooting phone line still works, and tips are still given. Nintendo is unusual that it offers much better after-sales service than most of its rivals, and in the past has supported systems for many, many years after they stopped being sold in stores. When one fan recently found his SNES was unresponsive, he decided to see if the troubleshooting telephone line printed on the side of the console would still deliver results, and amazing, it does. The Nintendo rep wasn't able to offer any kind of parts replacement. She did talk him through some potential solutions and reveal that she'd recently done the same for someone with an NES. Eventually, he was able to get his vintage console working again. This is pretty impressive. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I thought about just calling the number just to, <laughs> just to see what happens. I mean, you know, my my Super Nintendo works fine, but th- this whole thing is just. I, I don't even really know what to say about it. You know, the fact that you know this console is, what, almost thirty years old. Yeah, like, and they're still <laughs> offering support for it. And that's, I mean, you know, is, is it, is it just one of those things that they they you know they have regular customer service representatives and like this old number still works and just gets routed to whatever you know customer service representative is available at the time and then they just kind of got to go through like an old you know like an old pdf document of troubleshooting of uh you know the old systems yeah when i first saw the headline i thought it might be like if you had troubles with a game, like trying to figure out where to go, oh yeah, but they still offered that kind of swear. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll call and say, hey, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't find my way to Death Mountain. Link to the past, can you help me? Yeah, what were those people called? The uh, the game we talked about this oh, not too long ago. Yeah, we did. Game and of course, I can't remember it. They're called yeah, game counselors, like that. I wanted it. to be a game counselor so badly when I was a kid. Like that's that was what I wanted to be when I grew up was a, a Nintendo game counselor. Uh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> like, what but, an uh, awesome this, job. this is this is a really really cool story. I, props to Nintendo for doing that. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Like th- this story just just made me smile. That's why I wanted to throw it in there for this week. Um, also coming from NintendoLife.com, uh, SNK, which was uh, one of the bigger uh, publishers back in the day, uh, they're ca- they're going to have their 40th anniversary collection coming on Switch later this fall uh, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Legendary Studio SNK. A variety of classic arcade games from SNK's Golden Age comes back together in one anthology on the Nintendo Switch as SNK 40th anniversary collection. In it. You will find prizes or prized classics such as Athena, Crystalis, the Akari Warriors trilogy, and more. With a treasure trove of features such as updated graphics at 1080p resolution, redesigned control schemes, and a special SNK museum mode featuring the extensive history of SNK with high-definition artwork and original promotional assets, 
This extraordinary modern meets retro collection is for all gamers who want to have a slice of gaming history in their hands. I am excited about this because I liked a lot of the SNK games back in the day, especially Crystalis. Uh, we did mm-hmm. actually did a review of that game uh, a, a while back, but that was one of the best um, <clears throat> action RPGs uh, on the NES. Um, that you know, it, it's up there with it's it's as good as um you know like legend of zelda and and star tropics and stuff like that like it's a really well done beautiful game with great music um but it really didn't do that well i don't think but i think this is would be a way for people to really rediscover some of those old really good games from snk the key to this was updated graphics at 1080p resolution yeah the fact that you know this whole collection's being updated with modern graphics and you know the switch has been killing it with its you know getting all the indie games and they've got their um i guess we'll call it for now virtual console i don't know if they've actually released the official name for it yet but coming yeah. out later this year you've got stuff like this hop on the switch bandwagon we've been talking about it since it came out you know a year ago hop on the bandwagon because Nintendo's doing some good stuff with the Switch. Well, especially if you're a retro gaming fan. I mean, they have that whole classic series that they're putting out in the eShop for, you know, the, the, the Switch. And there's a lot of good old games on there. Like, you can pick up uh, some of the ones that come readily to mind. Like, there's a lot of, um, you know, those like Double Dragon. Um, there's a lot of Neo Geo games that are on there. But if you're a retro gaming fan, there's a lot to choose from on the Switch. So if you haven't picked one up, now's the time. I'll probably pick this up whenever it comes out because, you know, I've wanted to play Crystalis and I know <clears throat> you've praised the, the SNK games. Uh, I, I'd love to ch- check it out. And I can't wait to see that game with the updated graphics at 1080p. That game is going to be gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but uh, on that note, Let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. Uh, in April of 1984, Namco releases Gapless, the sequel to Galaga. And I had to look this up earlier because I didn't remember this game at all. It is a fixed shooter arcade game that was released by Namco in 1984. It was the only other game to run on Namco Fozon hardware. And in the U.S., a, modifi- a modification kit was later released to change the name to Galaga 3, possibly to increase recognition among fans of the games, even though there was no Galaga 2. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know there was any sequel to Galaga. I did. I thought, because here it is, Galaxian. I always thought Galaxian was the official uh, sequel to Galaga. But apparently, let me look up Galaxian. It was released in 1979. Uh, it spawned us. Oh, Galaga is that's right. That now I'm remembering correctly. Galaga is the sequel to Galaxian. Really? Yeah. Huh. And then Gapless is the sequel to Galaga, but there was, but it's actually Galaga three, but there was no Galaga two. So that's kind of got a a weird numbering system on it. <clears throat> I did not know that. I'm learning all kinds of new stuff tonight. I know. 
Uh, in April of 1987, IBM launches the PS2 line of computers, which introduces VGA graphics and three and a half inch floppy drives to PCs. Ah, uh, the floppy drive days. <laughs> I remember those. You remember when we were kids, uh, especially like in high school, when we got to the, you know, three and a half inch uh, floppy disks, you actually had to have, or I, maybe you, you're, you were a little bit different because you were a couple of years behind me, but we had to actually buy our own uh, floppy disks to, to bring to school to save all our work on. And you go back and you look at these floppy drives and or floppy disks and they're only like, two megabytes or something like that. And you're like, geez, you can't even put a picture on that these days. I remember the thing that sticks out in my mind the most about floppy drives or floppy disks. I remember having this, uh, giant plastic container that had like 50 floppy disks on it or in the, in the case. And it was under lock and key, (laughs) which I thought was really weird. Like, why would you put, like a lock on a plastic tub yeah. full of floppy disks. But, you know, which I, I got those around the time that, you know, CDs started to yeah. to really come into the mainstream. So oh, man. um, I, I, I do have some some fun memories of floppy disks. Oh, and I used to get the, uh, the nice plastic uh, holders with the clear top. And then I would have all of my three and a half inch disks like color coordinated and uh, by genre. So I was kind of a bit of a nerd about that. <laughs> yeah, all the all the floppy disks I had were all color coded. Like yeah. you'd have red, then blue, green, yellow, and then it would alternate red, blue, green, yellow. It was yeah. it was a fun time. I wish I still had that container. That, that'd be fun to go back and look I'm on. I'm sure I do somewhere at my mom's house. I'm sure it still exists in some closet somewhere, forgotten. <laughs> it'd be but, it'd be cool if you found it though. Oh, yeah. Did I see what games I had back then? That'd be awesome. Uh, Absolutely. In April of 1988, Namco releases Assault, which may be the first game to use hardware rotation of sprites in the background. And let me look this up. I don't remember this game at all. Uh, it's Never a multi, heard of it. multi-directional shooter arcade game. Uh, it's the last Namco game that was licensed to Atari, even though their logo still appears in the Meja Stadium scoreboard in World Stadium 89, Kaimakuban, and 90, whatever that means. Uh, it's, I guess it's about tanks. It says, uh, what makes Assault unique is that the player's tank always points towards the top of the screen, and when the tank turns, the entire playfield rotates around the tank. It can be interpreted as rotating the world rather than the tank. Uh, it made early use of the hardware sprite scaling, preceded by at least Sega's Space Harrier in 1985, and maybe the first game to use that hardware. That's cool. I did not know. Yeah, that. no, like I said, I'd I'd never heard of this game before, but if it was the first to do that, that's uh, that that's pretty historic. Oh yeah. April 8th, 1989, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, published by Bandai, was released for the NES widely believed to be one of the worst video games released for the Nintendo Entertainment System, if not one of the worst video games ever made. Yeah, I remember playing this game a couple times as a kid and absolutely hating it, and it's this video that made me get into the angry video game nerd. 
It was one of the yeah. very first episodes of, of the AVGN that I ever saw was the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I must have watched it five times in a row because I loved it so much. This game no, is awful. <laughs> it is so bad. It sounds like it. But no, I've I've briefly heard of this game, but I, I had no idea that it was that um, like that critically panned. Oh, it's awful. If you ever get a chance to maybe just emulate it and, and play it for a few minutes, you'll see that I feel bad for anybody that paid money for this game back in the back in the eighties. Cause it's it's kinda like uh, along the same lines as like the LJN games like Back to the Future and stuff like that. It's almost unplayable. Like this the game mechanics and what you you know, what you have to do in the game, it's nearly just it's so broken. I, I can't believe they put that game out. I really want to watch the angry video game nerd episode of this doc because he the those videos are just amazing. Oh, you should. It's so good. <laughs> uh, on April twenty first of nineteen eighty nine, Nintendo of America releases Super Mario Land on the Game Boy, introducing Princess Daisy to the Mario series. Uh, so many fun memories of playing Super Mario Land on you know road trips and oh yeah. I know you, know, you the, have a lot of fond memories of this game. It, what's funny is the the sequel to the Super Mario Land 2 was a much better looking game, but this reminds me a lot of the original Super Mario Brothers for the Nintendo. The graphics are similar, um, obviously a little bit simpler, no color because it was for the original Game Boy, but this is one that I do plan on doing a review for uh, fairly soon. That and its sequel, which are both really fun games. So what happened to princess uh, Daisy? We haven't heard much about her since the, the days of super Mario land. She's in a lot of the, um, the multiplayer games like your, your Mario tennis, your Mario golf. Um, other than that, she's not really around too much, but and she's, would, she's still would, around. You would think with, uh, with the addition of Pauline and, uh, and super, uh, uh, super Mario Odyssey, they would have threw in princess Daisy in there somewhere. You would think so, but you never know. Uh, and to round this uh, out for this month in video game history, uh, actually, I, I don't know why I'm about to do this. It's your turn, Derek. <laughs> that's all good. In April of 1996, Eidos Interactive acquires Centrigold, uh, is that Pick or PLC? PLC. PLC, which holds core design, creator of the Lara Croft character, and U.S. Gold. I don't know if I've ever heard of this company before. I have. Let me see oh, what all they've done. Oh, Square Enix Europe. Okay. Yes. Okay. I knew that sounded really familiar. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I, I don't think I ever mentioned this, um, but when I was out in L.A., I actually saw the Tomb Raider movie really? that came out a couple of weeks ago. It actually wasn't that bad. You know, for, for video game movie standards, it was good. But as far as an actual like movie, just in general, it was very safe yeah. and very predictable. But you know, not not bad. I, it, I, it would be uh, I'd call it a, a red box rental. Yeah. Or well, you know, if, if if it's ever put out on Netflix, I would definitely watch it. But I, I wouldn't go to the theater to see it. Well, I was never but, a, but really a, a Laura Croft Tomb Raider fan. Like I never I wasn't really played either. those, and then. Um, and Laura Croft, the original Laura Croft movies, both of them, 
they go they will go down in history as uh, two of the movies that I fell asleep in the middle of the theater. Really? Yeah, one of the two movies that I actually fell asleep in the theater. Like I saw the opening credits. I remember about the first five minutes of the movie, and then I woke up, and the credits were rolling, and there was no one in the theater but me. <laughs> uh, I've I've almost done that once, uh, but that was for Van Helsing. Oh yeah, the Hugh that Jackman was pretty movie, bad too. Which was, and I, I love me some Hugh Jackman, but that that was not a good movie. No, it was not. Ugh, <laughs> I hate those movies. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's tell people about books, Derek. Have you been listening to anything cool lately? Um, I've been dabbling in a little bit of stuff that I'll talk about uh, for you. The listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Now, if I can open up my app here, um, of course, you know, there's Ready Player One, which is uh, out in theaters right now based off the Ernest Klein book. Very, very good movie. Different from the book, but not so different that they didn't uh, they didn't take the heart out of the movie. Like, it's still very fun. Uh, If you love 80s pop culture, uh, definitely check it out. I loved it. Oh, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. I loved every second of it. It was so fun. Yeah. (laughs) Such a fun movie. Um, a book that I've mentioned before that I've started getting back into is Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, and the next book I'm going to listen to after that is A Survival Guide to the Actor's Life by Jenna Fisher, who played uh, Pam on The Office. Oh, that's cool. So definitely looking forward to uh, checking that one out. But they've got a ton of other books to choose from. They've got fiction, nonfiction, sci-fi, fantasy, romance, Star Wars, gaming, any genre you can think of, Audible has. And if you're always on the go like I am, Audible is a great service to have to be able to continue to read without having to sit down and read a physical copy. And to do that, just go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. And in honor of the new movie, Derek is going to be reviewing... Very catchy music for the the type of game that it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we had a request from one of our listeners, Mr. Derek Bryant, uh, asking if we would review Rampage due to the uh, new movie starring The Rock that is coming out this week. So I thought to myself in the I think this is going to be episode what 78 Mm -hmm. or 79, I think. 79. Yeah. I have yet to review an NES game on the show. That's amazing. Which is crazy to think about. No, I've just <laughs> been strictly in the the SNES 64 and Game Boy era. So, you know, I, and I have vague memories of playing Rampage World Tour, but I didn't really play it all that much. So I wanted to... to to try my hand out at the original Rampage, which is a 1986 arcade game by Bally Midway. Players take control of gigantic monsters trying to survive against onslaught of military forces. Each round is completed when a particular city is completely reduced to rubble. 
So this game is pretty simple. You have your choice of what monster you want to play as. You have George, which is a giant gorilla. Lizzie, a Godzilla-like dinosaur lizard creature. And Ralph, a giant werewolf, which is a fantastic name for a werewolf. <laughs> Literally, and as I read in the description, you start in a city. Uh, in the NES version, you start in California, and you destroy buildings. That's literally all you do. <laughs> and, and you have to avoid, you know, like a helicopter shooting things at you. People will. The, the funny visual is these little tiny sprites of people opening their windows and throwing stuff at you. Yeah. Uh, it, which, which do damage. And, you know, if you fall off a building, like you're if you're climbing a window and you're hitting it, eventually it'll crash. If you're like, say, at the top of the building and you crash to the ground, it obviously takes a good bit of your health away. But you can heal yourself by breaking windows and you'll find like food and other items that will heal yourself. Um, there are some hazards to it as well, other than people, you know, shooting things and throwing things at you. Like you can, um, if you crack open a window and you find, say, for example, um, what was one thing? I think a, a toilet was one. If you try and eat a toilet, yeah. it'll take your health away. It'd be toasters uh, and stuff like that. To <laughs> toaster, um, skull and crossbones takes away health. Um, but yeah, all in all, that's that's pretty much it. You know, it's Is you it know, still I, fun, I hate though? to give like a super short review, but it's it's really like it is it's kind of like Smash Brothers. Like once you get the core concept, that's pretty much what it is. I I, I thought it was fun. You know, from what I played of it uh, this afternoon, I played it for a good hour, hour and a half. Uh, it, it's a game that I, I would play again, but it's one of those that, you know, what you see is what you get with it, which is, is not a bad thing. How does it hold up on the NES, though, like as far as uh, as the actual like gameplay and um, the the graphics? Does it, does it stack up against the original uh, arcade release of it? Um, I thought it was okay. You know, I, I could, I've never played the arcade version, but I could see it being a little bit better. The controls were, and it took me a little bit to getting used to, cause I played it on an emulator and I have what looks like an Xbox 360 controller. Yeah. That's like a USB and you know, you can, the cool thing about emulators is you can set a controller to like, you know, certain buttons and you feel like you're actually playing it on an NES. So, yeah. um, just having the A and B buttons took a little bit of getting used to because I'm so used to playing like Super Nintendo where you have those two extra ones. Yeah. But yeah, all in all, you know, I, I thought graphic wise, I've seen better looking NES games, but I wouldn't say it's the worst one that I've ever seen. It's no E.T. when it yeah. comes to graphics. <laughs> well, the uh, the actual uh, publisher for the, the Nintendo version was Data East. Um, mm -hmm. They were kind of a... They weren't bad, but they weren't a great publisher back in the day. They were kind of more of the, the you know, middle of the road, you know, because they had stuff. They did ports of, um, you know, bad dudes, which I talked about uh, one ep one of the episodes uh, a while back. I don't remember which one, which, you know, it's a serviceable side scrolling beat em up. It's one of those publishers that they put out decent games. They weren't going to blow your mind by any stretch of the imagination, but they weren't bad. They were just kind of very middle of the road, and you knew what you were going to get. Like, if you went and you found a Data East game on sale, you know, full 
you know, full price games back in the day were like 50 bucks. You know, you could find a good sale on Data East games. Like if I if I were to find like Bad Dudes or Rampage for sale for like 25 bucks back in the day, that would have been a good purchase. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was looking at, uh, let's see, where are some of the games that Data East has done? Uh, let's see, where was it? Um, they made pinball machines in the late 80s, oh, which yeah. is pretty cool. Uh, well, they see. did do Karnov, which is uh, one of the, he was actually their um, their mascot that they used. And Karnov was a, was a pretty good game and a good port to the NES, too. It started out at life as a uh, an arcade game. They did uh, Karate Champ, Burger Time, Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja, Robocop, uh, Karnov. I see that here. Yeah, so I mean they they've done some some fairly notable games, but as I said, you know it's not it's not a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. Like it's a game that I would probably go through and play again if I had like. If I'm just sitting around and I just want a game that I don't really have to put a lot of thought yeah. into <laughs> and play it for you, you know, just waste an hour of the day, this would be a good game for that. But it's it's no it's no Zelda or Mario by any stretch. They did uh, do some pretty good games. Uh, you know, they licensed some games. Like I was, I'm reading here, they did uh, Kid Nicky, Radical Ninja, which was one of the very first, you know, probably one of the first five games I ever played for the the Nintendo and I remember I actually rented a Nintendo when I was a kid before I actually owned one and the game that I rented when I got when I rented the Nintendo was Kid Nicky Radical Ninja and I actually have a copy of it and I love that game even though it's kind of simple you know it's deceptively you know it gets harder as it goes but I I might actually do a review of Kid Nicky pretty soon um that which is if you've never played Kid Nicky the the graphics aren't much to really look at. I mean, it's a fine, you know, it, it's okay, but it's the gameplay that really holds up for that game. So it's a good pickup if you ever run across that somewhere. For sure. Uh, as I mentioned, they made pinball machines from yeah. 87 to 94, and they were modeled after, you know, certain properties like Guns N' Roses, Star Wars, Back to the Future, Batman, Robocop, The Simpsons, and Ninja Turtles. I would love to have a Ninja Turtles pinball machine. That would be uh, me awesome. Me too. I, I love pinball. Like every time I yeah. go to, you know, an arcade or you know the bowling alley, I'm always just attracted to the pinball machines, and I will spend, you know, twenty bucks on one machine. Like the last time I went to the uh, the bowling alley, uh, I think I played the Kiss machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a kiss that I played for a while. Man, that was fun. Like, love some good pinball games. That and um, I remember when I was a kid, I loved that. Ninja Turtles arcade game and skee-ball yeah. were my arcade games of choice. Oh, I'm a sucker for skee-ball, too. <laughs> love me some skee-ball. Yeah, I was, not to brag on myself, but back when... I was a uh, a regular at the the local Chuck E. Cheese when I was a kid. I was I was pretty good at some skee ball. Yeah. So last time we went to the uh, the bowling alley a couple months back, you know, me and Tina were always playing some skee ball. So we we ended up hitting like double ticket day or something like that. Yeah. And uh, we we ended up with like eight hundred tickets or something like that, and we're like, man, we're gonna be able to get something cool. And um, actually, let me let me go show you what we got. 
Oh, I can't wait to see this. I would have killed for 800 tickets. I would have killed for like 100 I'm tickets. Show, I'm going to show it to you right in the camera here. Eh. <laughs> we each got one of these little like frog things and when you squeeze it their eyes pop out yeah that's, that's amazing <laughs> so that's um, what we spent like i think we each spent about 20 bucks a piece so 40 bucks 40 bucks for that <laughs> money well spent uh, was it worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. We had so much fun. Uh, but I, I back to back to Rampage. I do imagine this would be a really fun arcade game. So this is one that you know I hate I missed on back in the day because the, the NES version w- was good and all, but I, I can totally see it this being like a, a co-op multiplayer game where like you could get two other friends and. All three of you are the creatures just wrecking stuff. Yeah. That would be fun. I just wonder how they came up with the idea to actually do a movie off of Rampage. Because, I mean, uh, I mean, it looks like they might have actually succeeded with actually coming up with a story for the game. But good lord, who's how did this get through on the ideas of, yeah, let's do that? Well, I can tell you why this movie will not fail. And it's, it's because the of the rock. If the rock, if you put the rock's name on it, it will succeed. Yeah, and it's got a giant ape and a giant crocodile and a giant wolf destroying a city. You got my, my money. Fav- <laughs> my favorite line from the trailer is the rock saying, oh, "Of course, the wolf flies." Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm so gonna be there to watch that. Yeah, my wife Tina is just like, I have no interest in seeing that, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm going by myself if I have to. Because I've got, um, I've got a game to work the night that it comes out. I honestly, because on Saturdays we don't have to be in until a little bit later. I might go like if the game, if this, if the game's like two and a half hours, I might just go to the theater because I have a theater like two blocks from my house. And just go watch it. Do it. <laughs> I have a theater like less than five minutes from my house, so I'm going. I don't care. I'm going by myself if I have to. Well, hopefully both of us can see it and we can give a review for it next week. Hey, well, yeah, that'd be awesome. And speaking of next week, uh, you guys are lucky again because you're going to get to watch two episodes back to back. Because I'll be out of town the week afterwards, and we're going to do two episodes in a row. So next week, I'm going to be talking about um, Batman Return of the Joker. And they also did a port to the uh, the Sega Genesis, which is called Revenge of the Joker. And they did a version for the SNES, which was a canceled game. But I managed to get my hands on uh, a bootleg copy of it from my emulator. Ooh. <laughs> so I'm going to be talking nice. about that next week. And Derek's going to be talking about, uh, what were you doing again? Sonic 3? Sonic the Hedgehog 3, yeah. I've been on a little bit of a Sonic kick. I've been playing through uh, Sonic Mania on the Switch the last few days. So I'm going to be talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 3, which is, uh, to me, a, a pretty important game in the uh, the franchise's history. So can't wait to talk some Sonic next week. So we do have some listener email we want to talk to, and let me let me uh, play a little little bit of music here underneath and uh, see what that sounds like. Oh, that's nice. 
coming to us from Derek Bryant on Facebook. Uh, we asked everybody to, to give us a, an idea of what we're missing with Final Fantasy because neither Derek or I are big Final Fantasy fans. And he said, I think you're missing out on, on some good gaming by not playing any of the Final Fantasy games. I had a copy of Final Fantasy 2 for NES that no one could tell anything about. I now know that it was a repo game I had in early 2000. I highly recommend FF2 and FF3 for SNES. Uh, Love number 7 for PS1. After that, I stopped playing because of too many cutscenes. Highly recommend those. Number 3 is on SNES Classic. Should have been 2. And that's... You're killing me with the numbers because I don't know what's going on with the numbers of these games. Yeah, by three we mean two, by two we mean six. Whoa, sorry. Uh, That's a little loud. Trying to get a little better music there. I'm liking this music. (laughs) I found some chip tunes that I liked a lot, so I figured I'd use them on the show here. But, uh, but yeah, as far as the Final Fantasy stuff, I'd give it a try, but it's still, he hasn't really given me a reason to actually go out and play it. So it's still, it just seems more confusing to me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. Nice try, would Derek, though. We, we thank you for the, uh, the feedback, though. But uh, also, we have uh, one we more. Also... Oh, what were you saying? Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, from Nicholas. Uh, he says, hello guys, here you have a Swedish fan of your podcast, yeah, you would make my year if you could do a review of Fexanadu. Best regards, Nicholas. And you know what's funny is yesterday I was at the, the local gaming, retro gaming store called Play and Talk. I actually had a copy of Fexanadu in my hand. And I had that and Astyanax in my hand before I ran across the Ninja Gaiden 2. And I was actually going to get all three of the games, but I I ended up putting those back and just getting Ninja Gaiden 2 because I I just... I'm I'm finally getting to the point where I'm just kind of like, I need to calm down and just, you know, get like one one game at a time. But there's always a copy of Faxanadu at the retro gaming store. I'm and now that we've actually got a request for it, I'll go pick it up and uh, just give me, I, I'll probably put this on the schedule for like late May, June. And then I'll mm-hmm. do a, I'll do a review of Fexanadu Cause I, it's one of those games that I've always wanted to play. I just never really got around to it. No, looking forward to it. I might actually, because the original final fantasy is on the NES classic. I might go back and, and play through it and we'll and i'll see what the hype is all about awesome yeah and i i saw uh one of our friends nate the retro at retro gaming dev on uh on twitter this week he was doing some uh he was playing astinax on twitch and uh that's another one of those games that i always kind of was curious about but never got to play so when i Mm -hmm. I had the copy in my hand i was like i should go ahead and get this because it was only like four or five bucks so I was like, eh, I'll go ahead and get these. But then I was like, nope. You need to just calm down, just get one game, and you're good. You don't have to get everything all at once. Yeah. No, some good stuff coming up. But yeah, that's uh, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. So Derek, what uh, what you got to pimp before we get out of here? 
Well, as always, you can check out uh, the Derek Diamond Experience. New episodes drop every Thursday on iTunes, Spotify, and all podcasting platforms. Uh, I've got some some cool shows uh, lined up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, if you haven't yet, you can go on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast, and check out the fantastic survey panel mm-hmm. that Jason was on a couple of weeks ago. Really fun. Uh, I I did decide I am going to split the audio version into two parts. Uh, that will probably be coming out uh, in June, if I had to guess. Awesome. I can't wait to get that on, on podcast form so I can go back and listen through again while I'm working. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to just kind of sit and watch a video. You know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, usually I listen to a lot of stuff when I'm at work. So I'm going to love listening back to that at work. That was so fun to do. And thank you for uh, for getting everybody together to to actually do that and opening up your home to everyone so that we could come and do that. No, absolutely. You know, it, it's it's one that you know when I was on set for the movie, is I had it in my mind. I was like, I really want to do a panel about this because it was just a really fun experience, and it was fun getting to to go back and relive that. And uh, as far as the pop culture palette goes, we just had another episode uh, last Saturday. That we released, and um, if you want to be a Patreon subscriber of the Pop Culture Palette, for a dollar a month gets you the extra episodes. And last month we did uh, we did our game show, Do You Know the 90s? All about general 90s trivia. So if you want to know nice. who wins that competition, you're going to have to give us money. Give us a dollar. <laughs> Everybody, that's a dollar a month. That's like... You know, it's like five cents a day or something like that. It's just, or not even that. It's like a penny a day. Less than that. I don't know. I You do the math. <laughs> it's a dollar. <laughs> One simple dollar. Yeah, so one dollar a month gets you, gets you an all-access pass to the Pop Culture Palette. We need to do that for this show so we can start making some money on this. I can buy more games. We do. So we need to we think do. about that. What, what would you people like as as Patreon reward. So we'll leave it up to you guys. You can email us or, or get a hold of us on Twitter and let us know what you would like as Patreon rewards for this show. I, I'd love to hear that for sure. We should do that. Now, I'm putting out a call to you people. All you people to listen to this show, email us or get to us on Twitter. Let us know what you would like as a Patreon supporter, and we will do everything in our power to make that happen. Cause look, these shows take money to actually put on. They're not, they're free for you. They're not free for us. So we need to find ways to actually pay for this show and to go buy us some games to play so we can review for you fine people. So we'll, we'll figure that out in the next couple of months and we'll, we'll, we'll do some cool stuff. But let's go ahead and get out of here. <clears throat> so Derek, anything else before we go? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, let me go ahead and play our music. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. You can find us at thenerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. You can follow us individually at jfunktastic at Derek underscore diamond. And we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.